You're listening to Tech 15, a Viva Technology podcast on the digital revolutions shaping our future. This season is sponsored by Manpower Group and looks at how technology plus talent will power the world of work and human resources. Each 15-minute episode is recorded live in person at Viva Tech, Europe's biggest startup and tech event in Paris. Hello there and welcome to a brand new series of Tech 15 brought to you by Manpower Group. Now I'm your host Emma Crosby and in this series we're going to be exploring tech talent, how to discover this talent, how to attract it and how to build it. Along the way we'll be hearing from business leaders who are adopting bold talent strategies to get ahead. We're recording right here in Paris at the VivaTech annual event, caught up in the action as thousands of business and industry professionals join to showcase our tech future. In this episode, we're talking to leaders who are finding ways to tap their own workforce potential and reskill employees to fill gaps and meet the challenges ahead. We have some fantastic speakers coming up for you. Before we go any further, allow me to introduce my co-host today, Becky Frankowitz, Chief Commercial Officer and President of Manpower Group North America. Hi there, Becky. Thank you for having me. How is VivaTech going for you? It has been fantastic to see the innovation, to see the activation of technology in the market, and to honestly see the energy around progress for technology. Uh, it's been very interesting. Good stuff. Let's crack on and talk about this fantastic piece of research that Experience has done, suggesting that organizations could turn to existing talent for the roles that they are finding hardest to fill. Now, you've called it opening up the middle. What do you mean by that? So first, one in five employers are finding it difficult to find the tech talent that they need. One of the strategies that we've observed that could be successful looking inside their own workforce is called opening up the middle. And what we mean by that is traditionally people will focus on the senior and junior roles in terms of, of skill shortage and skill gap. The often under spoken about is the middle where there's amazing tech skills as well as good business knowledge and leveraging that middle to pull them up through the organization is one of the first ways we're in encouraging employers to seek to close both the supply gap and the skills gap. So why is it important then, do you think, for companies to try and find talent from within? Well, two reasons. One, they understand their technical systems, and so uh, technology does move rapidly. It's important to have that in-context knowledge of technology. It's equally important to have the knowledge of the business, both the cultural knowledge, the understanding of what soft skills to employ in that environment. So to be capable and then to be context and culturally relevant, that's where magic happens. So how does it work on a practical level then? How can companies identify which employees are best suited for which roles and skills development? Yes, it's a fantastic question. One of the things that we found is one AI can help with this. So doing assessments of your talent allows two things. One, it removes bias from the system, so it allows for diversity to come in. It's often surprising for employers to find that an employee will have a multitude of skills that were underreported either in their CV or in assessments that, or conversations that have been done in the past. And so unlocking skill knowledge from both for the employer, but also in the employee's view, there are skills we all have that we don't articulate because they're so natural for us. And so this idea of using technology, data, AI, to understand someone's current skill set as well as their potential, um, that's one of the first tools that we recommend employers employ.
Well, we have two wonderful guests joining us on this episode. First off, I'm delighted to introduce Nelly Mensah, VP Digital Innovation at LVMH. Nelly, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for joining us here. What is LVMH's future in tech, would you say? Almost every company has to have tech at its core because what not only is it great for business, but it's what our clients want. So in you know, LVMH has had innovation as part of its DNA for years in product, in experience, and now you know this applies to technology as well. In what way? What's your vision? Well, I think we would like to use tech as a way to extend our experiences, storytell better, make our client advisors in store, gain superpowers. But we believe in the power of beauty and creativity first and foremost. And I think that should always be at the core of it. I personally never think that tech should be tech first. There always has to be something that you're doing for the human. And then the tech is just the way that you do it. Now, Nelly, you are VP of Digital Innovation at LVMH, and I know that you have a, a huge role in developing LVMH's position in the metaverse, and obviously Web3, this whole new internet that's coming our way in the not-too-distant future. And when you're building LVMH's presence in the metaverse, what kind of tech roles do you need? I think it's been so interesting to just observe all the new roles that are coming up. I mean, obviously, smart contract developers and people who understand how to develop for Web3 are very important. We're now seeing the emergence of uh, community managers, right? So someone who knows how to animate a community on Discord, moderators. So that's becoming a very new hot role. And last but not least, uh, real-time 3D. Right, so creators who know how to build 3D models, who know how to develop virtual environments, and those right now preside primarily in the gaming space, but eventually we'll know that we're going to start seeing them come into retail and other industries as well. And they're highly skilled jobs, aren't they? That they're highly specific. We are hearing as well that there is a, there's a big gap in the number of jobs that are needed and the number of people who are, who are out there. There's a, a big disconnect. Is that your experience as well? Is it tough to find the right people for these roles? I think what's really unique about Web3 is that it's a very new space. So actually all the people who are experts who have been in this space for a while actually haven't been in there for more than five years. And most people are actually self-taught. So uh, people who decide that they want to work in Web3 are actually probably those who listen to podcasts, watch YouTube videos, and teach themselves. And so there's no standard way of finding that talent because there's not a degree or program that you can actually look for. So it's really important to be very immersed in the community and find those people in more organic ways, whether it's inside your organization or outside of it. We know that technology is moving at such a pace, isn't it? We've been talking about how skills have a shelf life of maybe two to three years. So when you are putting this new technology into place and this incredible innovation that you're working on, how do you reskill and make sure that people's skills are where they need to be? We do have a lot of opportunities internally to bring in new skills to existing talent, right? I think there are certain skills that you can't train for, right? The soft skills, the passion for collaboration, the agility to be an innovator. I think that is one of the most important things that I look for when building out teams. How do you teach that? Because we hear that a lot, don't we? These so-called power skills are so important to go alongside tech skills. You can't have one or the other. 
And I think that is one thing that is much harder to teach. And so I think often the responsibility will be on the individual to have a lot of self-awareness, but also on having leadership around them that supports them, guides them, give them feedback in the right way to help them build those soft skills. But again, I think those are the things that are probably more important to look for in innovation and fast-paced roles, and then everything else can be trained. I'm delighted to say we're joined by Zaina Zakur, Vice President, Global CTO Digital Security at Atos. Zaina, welcome. Hello, Emma. Thank you for having me. Zaina, in order to try and recruit more people into the cybersecurity industry, how much do you recruit from the middle, from within Atos? Yeah, recruiting from the middle or from within is very important for us. Actually, we have launched a program called Internal First, so that whenever we have a new job opening in cybersecurity, we see whether there are any interested talent internally, whether there are cybersecurity experts or not. So this is the first thing. And then afterwards, when there is an interest, this is where they join the Cyber Academy. And then this is they have a specific career path and training path, depending on, you know, whether they come with some experience in the field, zero experience in cybersecurity. And we help them grow from within. And then we help them get the necessary certifications and grow in this career path. Another thing that we've done is mentoring. So we really put a mentoring approach. It's really not easy to be in the cybersecurity field because sometimes every month you face new technologies, you say a new threat, new issues, and you need to learn and learn on the spot. So for some people, it's outside their comfort zone. Huh? So we need to help, help them adapt to this type of different mindset and different work. And how long should it last? I think it's a cycle of six months, but then it can continue. And what's also great, I think, in our company is that we have 6,000 cybersecurity experts. And I'm not going to say we, we know each other <laughs> completely, but we have a good community. So sometimes it's just ad hoc, you know, would you like to be my mentor? It doesn't need to go through a process or whatever. And then you become mentor of this next generation of cybersecurity leaders and the relationship continues. And sometimes you say we're going to do those calls on a monthly basis every two months. Whenever you need an advice, you just call me. At least this is how I do it. And I think this is great because it doesn't need to be, you know, official. Uh, you're not going to get a certification at the end. You did five sessions of mentoring. It doesn't make sense. The bottom is to be able to feel that you can come and talk to a leader in your company in cybersecurity and ask them advice. And this is what we try to do. When you're trying to plug this massive shortfall in cybersecurity jobs, how, how important is it to spot potential rather than past performance when looking at candidates. Recruiting on potential is very important versus focusing only on past performance, specifically in cybersecurity, because in cybersecurity you need to have a growth mindset. You need to be open to change. And you cannot identify that just by looking at past performance in a specific role that sometimes is not even linked to cybersecurity. So what we focus on is really to identify whether this candidate is interested in the field, is passionate about learning a new career and whether this candidate can grow in this new career. So change is uh, inevitable in cybersecurity and we need candidates that are comfortable with change, that actually embrace it. Let's bring Becky back into the conversation. Becky, thank you very much for, for sticking with us. Really interesting to have, have a conversation there about how companies need to assess individuals based on their potential, not their past performance. I know it's something that Manpower Group talk an awful lot about. I mean, how do you recommend that companies do that? One of the ways is we actually have an assessment suite 
So you actually go and ask employee, employees to complete an assessment so that you can understand better what their core skills are, job titles from the past, where you got your degree at university or at college is increasingly less relevant in today's world. What's much more relevant is what you have the capability to do, not necessarily what you've demonstrated that you've done. That does build skill, our past experiences build skill, yet it shouldn't restrict us to only those activities. It should enable us to activate those skills in new ways. Do you think the traditional routes into employment will, will change going forward? Because you mentioned universities and you mentioned the traditional ways of getting a job. Yes, yeah, so increasingly we are finding that your core capability and your skill are what define you. Again, historically people would say, where did you go to university? What is your degree in? You know, what did you study? Now it's more, what are your interests? Where is your passion and your curiosity? And that's allowing people to have a path forward, whether that's through a traditional path through university or whether that's straight out of secondary school or straight out of high school, as we would say in the U.S. Um, there are multiple on-ramps to employment now and the challenge is twofold. Uh, one, making sure employees know that there are multiple on-ramps to employment. And then on the employer side, helping them understand that there are more direct paths to be productive in the workforce that don't all require a four or two year degree even uh, to be productive and a contributor. We talked a lot about upskilling as well, haven't we, Becky? Why is upskilling particularly important at a time when some tech companies have announced a slowdown in hiring? Yeah, so skills are moving at the pace of technology. How can you do incremental steps to continually improve your tech skills? It is crucial in technology by the basis of change. Change is the constant in skills in the tech space. And so even when employers are pulling back or, or leaning in, every person in the tech space will need to continually reinvent themselves in macro ways with big shifts, but much more often in these micro-skilling opportunities to continually improve your skills incrementally. So as we wrap up this episode on opening up the middle, what would you like in, in employers to, to be thinking about in this area? The middle is a new horizon in terms of trying to address both the supply shortage of tech skills as well as the capability uh, skills shortage. Looking inward at your own employees and giving people promising career paths will develop your own company and will allow for employee development, which we know increases the probability that employees will stay. Well, that is all, I'm afraid, for this episode of Tech 15, brought to you by Manpower Group. Thank you so much for listening. Do check out our other episodes to find out how technology and talent will power the world of work and human resources. <laughs>